What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry, the last Three Yards Per Carry before we take our little hiatus for the summer. Uh, Kai Chen Chisholm, Marek Brave and Josh House will be with you for the entire month of June. Um, keep listening to them, okay? It'll, it only hurts our download numbers if you don't. Uh, this show is always brought to you by PrizePix. Use promo code 5, F-I-V-E. You deposit $100, and they give you $100. One-time rollover, which means you only have to bet it through once, and they just give it to you. So essentially, it's a free $100. Take it. F-I-V-E. And of course, BetterEdge.com. Go to BetterEdge.com slash the number five reasons, and they give you $20 just for signing up. All right. All right, guys. Sam, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, we don't lose around here anymore. Hmm. Wait till September. <laughs> what did you have to say that? You're supposed to say, no, nah, we ain't losing through September either. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. no. We don't lose in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because both teams were eight seeds coming into yeah. the playoffs. So, I mean, I put... we got we got we got a, a marginal season coming up, but you know, a great postseason season. Yeah, Dolphins are gonna go crazy with that seventh seed. They're gonna they're gonna run all the way to the Super Bowl with that. I posed the question on OnlyFans. I was surprised by the by the the response because I think they were kind of wrong. Um, I asked, you know, which is this team? What team is this more like? Okay, um, and I gave them the two choices: the Florida Panthers or the Miami Heat. The Florida Panthers a year ago were the one seed. They won the President's Trophy. They lose in embarrassing fashion in the second round. And their general manager, Bill Zito, says this is not good enough. And he tears apart the core, builds a team that's a little bit more conducive to success in the playoffs, meaning more physicality. And they have kind of a mediocre season, but here they are 3-0 up in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay? The Heat were the one seed, and they just looked at the team and they said, we're good enough as we are. 
We're running it all back. We're bringing everybody back. No changes. They have a mediocre regular season, and here they are up 3-0 in the Houston Conference Finals. So it's two completely different approaches. I think that they're that the Dolphins are much more like the Panthers. Like they needed to take a strong, long look at what they did last year and make some philosophical changes. And I think they have on the defensive end. Um, our listeners and and our patrons on OnlyFans, uh, only three dollars a month, by the way. Check the pin tweet on three yards per carry Twitter account. They think we're more like the Heat. Like all they needed to do was just run back what we had last year, no philosophical changes, and the team will improve as is. Which one do you think that they're more like? Because I think it's obviously the Panthers, no, Simon? I mean, you could be talking uh, Mandarin, Alf, in terms of you know what I know about the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers. So, I mean, I think there will be obvious philosophical changes defensively, and I can't think that for nine months Mike McDaniel won't go into his little laboratory and have a good old tinker because he saw what happened when teams saw, you know, got more tape on what he was doing. So I think there'll be significant changes. So if that makes them the Florida Panthers, then Florida Panthers they will be. Uh, I take the opposite side here. I um I think they're just running it back. I think they're running it back on o- offense, and clearly they made uh they made large changes schematically um and in the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball but but even on the defensive side of the ball you know adding Jalen even adding Jalen Ramsey I mean you basically take take Byron Jones what Byron Jones was supposed to do last year right he was supposed to be there opposite Xavier Howard and just didn't work out um and they're okay. Well, you know that's not happening anymore. We're just going to sub them out for uh, for Jalen Ramsey, and uh, that's not really ripping up the defense. You know they they didn't really they didn't really rip up the defense. They just they just subbed out Byron Jones for uh, for Jalen Ramsey because Jones isn't playing. You know, and um, and so on offense, they're clearly just running it back. I mean, the only the significant addition really is uh, is. Probably uh, Devon Achain, but um, you know that's that's why. Let's be real about that. That's a third rounder. Um, so uh, I, I think on offense, I mean, even we we bitch about the offensive line a lot. Um, for anybody that <laughs> is just listening to us for the first time, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, look at the offensive line. They're they're clearly running that back, right? You know that the. the we're running it back to what we and what they intended to do last off last season with the offensive line with Liam Eikenberg at left guard and Austin Jackson at right tackle. It didn't end up working out that way because Austin Jackson ended up injured a lot, um, which probably was beneficial to the team if we're honest about it. Um, and uh, and and Liam Eikenberg, you know, kind of had some faced some injuries as well. But you know that's clearly they're running that back. The running back the for the the running backs room is is clearly, you know, it's still Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. It's um you know the wide receivers still Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they did did some did some maneuvering at the wide receiver three spot, but I don't know how significant that is. Um, I mean, I just I think I think overall on offense they are running it back personnel wise. Um, and on defense, they're running it back, but with the exception being, you know, different coaching staff and, uh, and scheme. And that's, that's something that's, 
that's not terribly unlike the heat themselves either because like the heat the heat aren't necessarily doing exactly the same things that they did um the previous year uh either you know so so nuance changes but not necessarily ripping up personnel and and tearing up the core of the team or anything like that now what would you want them to do as far as a philosophical change? Because I, I, I'll begin right here. I, I see no reason. When you look at the makeup of this team, on offense at least, um, I understand that they added a couple of tight ends. Uh, I, don't, I personally don't see the use of using 12 personnel at all at this point, considering where the talent is on this team and how Devon A-Chain will operate on this team. I understand he's a good inside zone runner, but you kind of want him out in the passing game, I think. 11 personnel is the way forward on this team, and I think they're moving in that direction. Um, any 20, 21 personnel snaps that they get is just for vanity, I think, at this point. Like, this team is obviously built one way and headed that way. It was how they were most successful last year. Um, I think that's one philosophical change that they could they could do is just be true to what they have as far as personnel. Um, Simon, you think that that that's where they're going with this and all these dreams of running the ball 380 times this year, that that's all nonsense. Like that's not going to happen. Like they're no, I think they're going to run the ball more. I really, I, I really do. Um, I, I, I mean, I just, I think that's the the plan. And I go back to what, um, what Zach Evans said at the combine about how the dolphins wanted to mix up their start of running and they wanted to run it inside more. And Zach Evans was specifically asked, could he run the ball in the Miami dolphins offense, the way that Leonard Fournette runs the ball. Um, and I don't just think that's a philosophical conversation about how Fournette carries the football in terms of that sort of violent style. I think it also means that they're going to be running inside a lot. Um, you know, a chain runs inside a lot. Has to, yeah, people say, oh, he's five foot two, or you know, and he's one hundred and thirty pounds, whatever it is. I'm being facetious, <laughs> but um, I think I think they'll be running the ball inside. I don't think that a chain will, you know, do any more as a receiver than he would ordinarily do, um, given the fact that he's a running back. I think they'll try and get the ball in his hands as many ways as they can, but I don't think he'll be. I mean, I suspect his first year usage will be a bit, a little bit like James Cooks has been for Buffalo, um, but I expect him to carry the ball an awful lot. Um, and I don't expect that they will be throwing more necessarily. I think they really want to establish the run. I mean, you know, that is McDaniels is, you know, that's his bread and butter. And also, look, I don't look the quarterback could get hurt on any single play, but I just don't think that you know throwing the quarterback back and back and back and back and back down after down after down is necessarily conducive to to keeping him keeping him healthy. Um, so I do think they'll try and establish the run. They have, you know. <laughs> I mean, they have tried a little bit to beef up the offensive line, and we we don't know where that will get to. We also don't know how successful that be, but I've got an idea. Um, but I do <laughs> think they will. Um, I do think they'll try and run the ball a bit more. So I actually think you you will see them running the ball um, more than perhaps we've expected in the past. Chris, yeah, I uh, think I, I was just going to say I think I think McDaniel's uh, McDaniel um, in the off season. Uh, Internally, uh, more so than you know, outward facing with the public or anything. But I, I, I think he pro. I think he. I, I get the the feeling that he kind of fell on the sword a little bit, and um, it was like you know, because we walked into last season and game after game after game after game, we kept saying the same thing. Like you know, we we kept expecting. Okay, now it's going to happen. Now it's going to happen. Now it's going to happen. 
you know, with uh, Mike McDaniel being uh, having the background that he has as sort of a, a run game scientist, you know, um, we kept waiting for that over and over and over again. Game and after we only saw it twice with Tua uh, against Cleveland and against Buffalo. That was it. Yeah, it really didn't. It really didn't didn't manifest. And um, and so I think internally uh more so than externally i think he fell on the sword a little bit and took the blame for that and um and has vowed that that's not going to happen again that um that he's going to because we talk about how are we going to help to uh how are we going to keep him healthy right he's we know that he's he's kind of an injury prone quarterback i don't think see any any point in uh denying that that sort of reality um how do you keep them healthy? Well, you know, one good way for us would be improvements in the offensive line. And I guess we're, you know, not, not hell bent on making those improvements, but another way is just to run the ball. And if you run the ball and you successfully run the ball, then the, uh, the quarterback that is going to alleviate a lot of, um, a lot of pressure off the quarterback because it just gives defensive linemen and pass rushers so much more to think about. And, um, and I think that McDaniel, like, you know, part of it is the jujitsu thing, which, you know, some people think it might be a gimmick. Some people think it might be effective, uh, who knows. Um, but I think McDaniel is taking this on himself and saying, you know what? I didn't do it. I didn't get the job done. I can, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a run guy. I'm a run guy. And I just, you know, I just went candy dish over and over with the passing game and that's not going to happen again. And, um, and I've had, I mean, there have been indications, outward indications, uh, that that he has said this and that he has sort of vowed this. So I think yes, they are going to run the ball more. And you know, the emblematic of that is who they drafted, uh, Devon Achain, who, um, you know, I know he's just kind of a small back, but he was a load carrier, you know, in uh, in college, and he wasn't a very he was a very effective runner i mean we know that he can catch the ball and he's effective in the passing game but he is a very effective runner what did he have like uh 38 carries against lsu or something like that Mm -hmm. um and and so i think that that's emblematic of the new approach and and if we're talking about like well why are why is say austin jackson here still here uh still in position of uh not even necessarily competing to start which is how they started the offseason vowing, um, but just no, we expect him to start, um, which is a very different, which is a very different statement. Um, why him? Well, there's the perception out here that you know he's really a run game guy. You know that he's got the athleticism. He's he's um and and in this system that uh, that he he is there because he can really help the run game, and um and so I think that that's a big part of why. And so I think, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna expect to see that more. It's and it's about taking pressure off of Tua. It's about trying to do better than just uh, you know having it pass, 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 and being predictable. And I think that toward the end of the year, we did start to get a little bit predictable, and teams did start to catch up with us, if we're being honest. So, um, so I think uh, you know, look for that. Yeah, we're going to go to break, but before we go to break, we're going to cover a couple of these rule changes. And when we come back from break, we'll talk about. OTAs and where certain guys might be lining up uh, soon. Uh, first rule change, uh, this is idiotic. They passed the the Thursday night football flex schedule, so they're going to be flexing Thursday night games now. 
I don't remember anything as ridiculous as far as, you know, that off the field type of stuff as this. Uh, Simon, how are they going to justify this? Because people actually travel to games. You know, it happens all the time. How are you going to start flexing games? When are you going to flex these games? And then when are how are you going to tell teams to change their their practice schedule on a Monday if you're flexing their game to a Thursday? Like this is idiotic and this will last just one season, I hope. You um, agree, Simon? Um, isn't the rule though that they don't they have to give twenty eight days notice or twenty one days notice before a flex? It's not just going to be flex that week, is it? I think it's twenty eight. Twenty eight days. It's twenty eight days. days. Yeah, yeah. It's not, so like, it's not like the old rule, which Monday was it used to be match. what fourteen days to to flex a game. And they're they're night? only allowed they're only allowed to flex two, two. I think for the whole season exactly. So significant restrictions on it. I do think it's dumb. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you in too. the main. I agree with you in the main. I think Thursday night games, period, are dumb. Yes. But um, and so you know, doing flex flexing is just making it worse. But at least they, you know, they heard the 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 uh, criticisms of Mark Davis. Um, you know, for example, who did say exactly what you're saying, Alf, which is that you know, hey, you got these people traveling, um for these games how can you you know just all of a sudden okay you know no it's not going to be it's not going to be the uh, on thursday after all um you know i i think that they heard that criticism and they put the significant restrictions in place because of that uh but also at the same time it has the look of sort of a trial and um because of the restrictions and if they trial it and you know and and they find that it's it's fine. It's no big deal. Then, um, then you could start to see some of those restrictions relaxed, and I, that would think, be unfortunate. Yeah, I think two things. I would be surprised if any Thursday night football game was flexed this season. I think they want to have the flex available, but they'll only use it if they have no other choice. And and the second point of that is that Amazon are paying one billion a year for eleven years. You know, ultimately the TV mm. network's going to win. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I don't understand is uh, the NFL loves money. Yeah, you know, you know what's pretty good for money: extending the season one week and getting giving everybody an extra bye week. Doesn't matter. It happens in college all the time. College teams have two bye weeks. In high school, it's mandatory to have two bye weeks in your regular season. Just add a bye week, and then that way you could play around with all your little Thursday night games or your Friday night games because they're going to have one this year your eventual Saturday nights and Tuesday nights and Wednesday night football games. So yeah, just add a, a add a, a bye week and we'd be fine. All right. Last rule change. And this one actually did pass. Uh, you know, when you kick off and the ball bounces around the two yard line, it gets picked up and the guy runs around for, you know, for seems like forever and he gets out to the 12 yard and you fist pump. Well, uh, that's not going to happen anymore because all of those are now touchbacks to the 25 yard line. I despise this rule. Uh, there's now no strategy whatsoever on how you kick off. Uh, Simon, your thoughts on this? I understand they're, they're saying it's for player safety. Kind of ruins one aspect of the game. I mean, I genuinely don't care. <laughs> Just don't really? have an opinion. I mean, not you don't really. care about kickoffs at all? Not really. I mean, yeah. just the most irrelevant portion of the game. I mean, most kickoffs go for touchbacks anyway, so mm-hmm. I just don't really care, mate. But if you have a really good field goal kicker, a uh, really good you know place kicker that could place it at the two yard line, it's an advantage. Yeah, of course it's an advantage, but you know, it, it, yeah, I mean that's it, gone now. Yeah, but 
I mean, how often how often have we seen that happen? Uh, um, a few I times. I mean, here. historically, how often have we seen that happen? Not very often. I, I think uh, it seems it, it, it smells it smells like or it seems like lip service or, or you know like a, almost like a um, a ceremonial like give for player safety considering they're also talking about flexing Thursday night games which you know is is not clearly not a player safe or in the interest of player safety I mean they, they'll they'll throw out you know data and such to suggest that the Thursday night games are, are perfectly safe and players do not get um, are, are not in danger of more injury, but the players themselves who's who can feel their bodies, you know, and and know what's going on um, with them, they're they're clearly against um, that sort of uh, the sort of uh, the Thursday night schedules and um, and the fact that the NFL just seems to be embracing it more. You know, I'm sure the players are pretty are, are not too happy about that, and so just say, "Well, we're going to turn around. We're gonna we're gonna basically just eliminate the kickoff issue, um, the kick return injury issue," and um, and that just seems like you know seems like throwing them a bone. But um, that's uh, I I didn't even, I didn't even think that was going through. I thought there was significant um, opposition to it. But um, but yeah, that's it. Just seems it just seems like throwing a bone. Yeah, and uh, eventually they're gonna they're gonna make rules about about punts and you know um, like what what would happen you know what's the halo gonna be like in in a few years? I, I think it's gonna be five, six, seven. They're gonna extend the halo on a on a punt return, you know, because uh, they want to get rid of every single collision on special teams. It seems and. That's where there was the most collisions last year is on is on those short punts where the guy's in between calling fair catch or actually returning it and then he just gets blasted anyway. Uh, I saw that actually happen a lot last year. So that's probably next. All right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll talk about where these guys are all possibly playing because the Miami Dolphins will not release any of that information. And if you do release some of that information, you'll be doing it under penalty of death. But first, these words. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than eighty five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All right, and we're back. Simon, uh, all we know so far is that. Um, Channing Tindall is not getting a, I guess, a first run as the backup to David Long, and that Andrew Van Ginkle is getting a long look as an inside linebacker. Um, I have some apprehension about that, but does you do you think it actually says something about Channing Tindall in the eyes of the coaches? Because I don't see how it can. Uh, your thoughts. Well, I don't really believe that Vic Fangio says he's not going to look at any of the tape of any of the players. I just don't think that's, I just don't see that. I don't think it's. Nor do I. Yeah, I just, I mean, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't um, get the sense that, because everything that Tyndall's doing at the moment is the sort of stuff that he's going to look fantastic in. It's that athletic stuff, it's movement, Mm -hmm. it's running around in shorts, it's looking good, it's being quick, it's all of those sorts of things that he excels at because he's an incredible athlete. Um, so I just don't believe that they're all of a sudden talking about Van Ginkle playing outside and then kicking inside, especially when you've got Duke Riley and David Long and um, and uh, Jerome Baker. So 
Um, I think it must be Fangio looking at tape and thinking, hmm, I'm not sure this guy's got the read and react ability that I'm looking for, the, the trigger that I'm looking for, the football intelligence that I'm looking for in this defense. And that has to come off tape. It, it can't come from running around in shorts because I think Tinder will look fantastic running around in shorts. So, but ultimately, I don't you know. Chris and I were talking about this on OnlyFins yesterday. I just don't think it's a good look for him. Um, yeah. Chris? Yeah. I think that, you know, no, if anybody's worried that he's going to get cut or anything like that, like, no, let's, let's, let's take that aside for now because, you know, if Austin Jackson can continue on the roster and continue in the starting position for like, you know, 17 years, um, and if, you know, Noah Igmanogany can still be on the roster, even though he's, he's still probably younger than some rookies, but he seems like he's been around for a long time. Like, you're not going to get rid of Channing Tindall all of a sudden, you know, before his second year even starts. And so, so we're not, we're not giving up on him, but let's keep in mind that, you know, the Vic Fangio thing, first off, I, when Vic Fangio was being tossed around as defensive coordinator, I was sort of like, you know, very buyer beware in terms of, in terms of being left at the altar, because this is the kind of guy that would do that. <laughs> and I think, I think there, you know, he might've even been trying to a little bit, but, um, but you know, uh, it, there are coaches that I think would lie to or would not lie directly to the media, you know, would, would just try and play around with nuanced words or um, play games with omitting certain things or something like that. I don't think Vic Fangio is one of those guys. I think he would tell you that the my the that Miami is a cold weather city if it uh, if he believed it, it helped his unit in some way. Um, you know, I think that uh, so when he says that he doesn't watch tape on any of these guys and you know he just wants, I don't I don't believe that for a second. I think he also uh, you know during his time off he he was he was probably looking at guys across the league and including like you know looking at draft prospects and stuff like that. And he, I think he had opinions on draft prospects. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Channing Tindall was, you know, definitely not one of his guys. I mean, it's, 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 he does not have the traits that I think that Vic Fangio prizes in those inside linebackers, um, which is more instinctiveness and physicality. And, um, and so I think that uh, Channing Tindall is kind of, uh, you know, he was drafted for a different defense and unfortunately, you know, there's an unfortunate reality around there. Does that mean that he's gone? He has no future? No, it, but it does probably mean that his timeline has been lengthened at the very least. So, you know, not surprising to me that Vic Fangio would appreciate Andrew Van Ginkle's game. I think he is very instinctive and physical um, for an outside rush linebacker. And so they're going to try him in, on the inside. And, uh, and you know, he's probably going to be second. You know, I think this is probably a significant move. I think he's probably going to be second unit inside linebacker along with Duke Riley. You know, we're going to have David Long and Jerome Baker, and then we're going to have behind them Duke Riley and Channington, or not Channington, sorry, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle. And mm -hmm. so, um, and that kicks that kicks Tindall down a bit. Now, what I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, actually, is for Tindall to be tried a little on the outside uh, in, in rush positions where his athleticism, his pure athleticism, um, you know, despite lack of instincts, that pure athleticism on the outside at rush, uh, rush linebacker can get more purchase in this defense and in Vic Fangio's defense. So I would look for that, you know, and I think that that's, um, that's, that's something that, uh, that we could see happen a little. 
Um, but we'll, we just have to keep an eye on it. Yeah, if David Long is is healthy all year, he's going to play somewhere around 85% of the snaps to maybe even 90% of the snaps because that's what's required of his skill set. Um, but we know he hasn't been completely healthy as of late. So this is this is one that's it's you know bears watching because whoever lines up behind him as his backup could play a a good chunk of the snaps this year. So I'd be interested to see what what shakes out right there. Um, Isaiah Wynn's getting talked about a lot. <laughs> Simon, do you think this is a real thing or this is just, or he was just brought in? Yeah, because you kind of speculated that, you know, he's just death and maybe that's that's just where he's going to be. And, you know, if he's the backup to, to Ron Armstead, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, he's getting mentioned now by coaches and being asked about by all the beat writers uh, he seems to be a pretty popular man uh, at OTAs. Is this something or nothing? Uh, do you think he challenges for a spot here? I mean, it has to be something because of the paucity of talent that we have on the line. So it has mm. to be something, um, you know, and I would a billion percent believe that he has been pegged in to be a starter at some point and then the backup to Toronto Armstead. I, I just, you know, I just... Um, I can't think that anything else will happen. Obviously, the blue-eyed boy that is Austin Jackson will still be in the mix at right tackle. But, you know, that line needs to get better and they need to protect the quarterback. And, you know, so it's definitely something. What that something is remains to be seen. Chris? Yeah, I think that um, if if you look at the contract, paying him, I, I think it's a $2.3 million base. And um, and while that's not that's not a great deal of money at all, um, it is more a, a bit more significant than just a uh, a veterans uh, minimum uh, deal, and so uh, I think you know they're probably looking for something out of him. Um, I don't know that they're looking for necessarily more than more than just a, a backup at multiple positions. I think it's just going to be interesting with him overall because coming out of college, you know, a lot of people did project him to move inside to guard. However, in the few times that he's done it with the Patriots uh, in, in a, I think, maybe two or three games, um, he's been pretty, you know, abjectly awful um, in, in, as a left guard. Uh, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to exaggerate there. Uh, he was much better at left tackle than, than he was at left guard. It's just, it's, just, uh, it's just what it was. And he was also better at left tackle than right tackle. So if we're sitting here thinking, you know, he's going to take over for Austin Jackson, uh, then that's, you know, that's, that's problematic as well. So, um, so I, at the end of the day, you know, Hey, they know that Teron Armstead only played 67% of the snaps last year. And that his doctor told his doctors basically suggested that he play almost none of them. You know, and that, that number's that he, not going to go up this season. And that, no, at this stage of his career, is that number going to go up? No, it's not going to. So they have to know that. So just like any good fantasy team, you have a handcuff, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and, and I think that um, a $2.3 million sounds about right for your left tackle handcuff for when you know that Teron Armstead is going to miss those games. Um, and, and I think that there's going to be a push for yes, to cross train him at left guard, maybe right tackle a little bit, like try him out. 
um, because they want to make everybody useful. Uh, even if they're, you know, their primary role is to, to sit on the bench and wait for Toronto Armstead to inevitably miss, miss games. Um, but I, I can't, I can't help but think that's this, this is where he was the best, you know, not that he was ever great. And I think Simon and I have some qualms about him, um, about how he played with the Patriots, but this is where he was the best with the Patriots was left tackle. And um, and so I think that the thing that makes the most sense and the money actually fits the puzzle uh, piece there that the uh, that he's just going to be the handcuff to Toronto Armstead. All right. And um, the only news really that has come out so far of OTAs and then we're going to end it right here is that um, he was asked about meaning Mike McDaniel was asked about uh, Nick Needham and Brandon Jones. And he said that, you know, both are working diligently and. He kind of said that he expects them ready for camp. We're doing this again, okay, with the uh, Byron Jones things. Hopefully, it works out. Hopefully, it works out well for him this year because it didn't last year when he proclaimed Byron Jones ready for camp and then ready for week one and then ready for week five and then he didn't know. Um, as far as I know, Brandon Jones is much more way ahead of of Nick Needham. Uh, I have no idea what's going on with Nick Needham. Uh, I guess there's some Instagram videos out there of him working out, but I know that Brandon Jones is looking good and looking like he'll be ready for even day one of camp. No idea on Nick Needham. Uh, I don't know if you have any information on that, Simon. No, no information, but look, McDaniel's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. If he comes out and says, yeah, they're going to be ready for training camp or they're going to be ready on July the 1st or they're going to be ready on September the 10th and then they're not ready, then, you know, he's just making himself a hostage to fortune. So I just don't see the point in coming out and doing it. These injuries, especially these movement injuries, Achilles, ACLs, PCLs, MCLs, all these, you know, these injuries, that they, they, they are difficult to judge. And, and some players come back quicker than others because everybody's physiological makeup is different. So... I just don't think that he can be beholden to a certain date because if, like I said, if they don't make that day, he just looks an idiot and then everybody complains about it. And, yeah. you know, you just, I, I, I just don't really see the point. Uh, okay. One piece of business before we go out, uh, Simon, Kristen Wilkins deal gets done before we're back on the air. We'll be back on the air in July, by the way. Uh, so, yes, I would say yes. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, you have a good guess as to the number. I say five years, 105 million. Yeah, I'd say something around that. I'd say 101 million in five years, something like that. It'll be around that figure, I think. Yeah, it'll be a big number. He deserves it, and uh, it'll be... Yeah, I I think that's... uh, Would that be the first of the rebuilds that get a second contract? Am am, am, am I right about that, or no? Um, Would you class him as rebuild? I don't know. Did he come in that... I mean, I'd class rebuild. Yeah, he was that 2019 class, right? Yeah, so he's the first to get a second contract of... of, the last. No. Well, that, that that off season, I mean, it's the first, but let's face it, like that off season. Remember, what, that off season, the point of the off season was more to tear things down than mm-hmm. to build things up, and so the off season was basically Christian Wilkins and what, the, and that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> can say Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was not a long term thing either, um, or anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think that. Um, not surprising you'd be the first to get the extension but yeah he's uh it'll come in i think uh i think there's always been confidence the people that i talk to uh have always expressed utter confidence that it gets done um and you know i think that we're getting toward 
the time the time when a, a bunch of things kind of converge on each other and uh, and so I, I expect it to happen around around when June 1st happens as well when uh, when the dolphins get the uh, cap relief from the Byron Jones thing so um so yeah I, I do think it happens all right uh, we're gonna end it right there we'll be back in July but in the meantime you get to listen to Kai Chanism. Merrick Brave and Josh House sit in for us the entire month of June. Listen to them. I guess I'll see you guys in July. See you later. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.